morning, Kieran here with you until 7 o'clock tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, 0868104106, 0868104106, tweet us as well at Big Red Bench if you would like to get in touch. Kieran, how are you? Not too bad. That's good. All right. Um, nice day and all that, you know. Yeah, you're definitely better than I am after watching Cork City last night. Uh, yeah, heard. Uh, pretty, I was watching Love Island, I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Love Island, but I'd hazard a guess it was better than Turner's Cross last night. Yeah, worst defeat at home in years. Yeah, it's the first time Cork City have conceded a hat trick since 1987, I believe, which is very, very interesting. Look, we'll discuss it in a, yeah. in a bit. Uh, and we'll hear from a very, very disappointed uh, Cork City boss, John Collar, as well. But uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, uh, starting off with boxing, Michaela Walsh uh, says her focus is now on the Olympic Games in Tokyo after finishing the European Championships with a silver medal. Uh, the Belfast Federate went down to Samira Petrova from Bulgaria on a split decision. And uh, Walsh said that she's uh, going to go back to the drawing board. Um, it's really heartbroken, but at the end of the day, this is all in the lead up to Tokyo, and I just hope that. Except what it is, I thought I thought I got it, but that is what it is, and just have to move on and get back to the drawing board, I guess. Yeah, she still come home with a silver medal. She didn't so. look happy at all, at all, at all, at all on the podium, which she, understandably so. She was so close to getting a gold medal. Yeah. Uh, but she performed, uh, in fact, all the boxers this week performed so admirably for Ireland. So it's uh, fantastic to see. Yeah, uh, elsewhere, Donegal's siblings, Chloe and Sam McGee, Sam McGee, were beaten in the semi-finals of the mixed doubles badminton uh, by uh, Team GB earlier on today. But they still come home with bronze. Uh, the Irish Derby has been won by Aidan O'Brien trained sovereign. It was the feature at the Curragh today. The 33 to 1 shot was ridden by uh, Podrick Beggy. Uh, there's one race uh, happening now at the moment as well on the Kildare race course. That's just got underway. Uh, the Netherlands have booked their place in the Women's World Cup semi finals. The European champions overcame Italy 2 0 with thanks to goals from Medima and uh, Stephanie van der Graat. Elsewhere, Germany taking on Sweden at the moment. And after 32 minutes, it is one apiece in that one. Uh, the Republic of Ireland women's manager Colin Bell has left to become assistant manager of Huddersfield. Town, a bit of a surprise, I think, uh, this morning. He was announced mm. that uh, he'll become Jan Stewart's um, number two at the club, who were recently relegated to the championship. The FAI paid tribute to him uh, today, but uh, yeah, he leaves just two months out from the start of the girls' uh, Euro 20. Yeah, which can't be um, good no. uh, for their preparation. They'll need to get a manager in this week, they'll need to get a manager in very, very quickly, um, or else that could um, be very, very rocky indeed. But um, yeah, look, it's a big job to go to, go to Huddersfield as assistant manager. Mm. And um, yeah, I wish him all the best of luck. Yeah, in fairness, like, he was huge for the, the game. He, he covered a lot of events, even just uh, speaking up. And I know that uh, before he came in, there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on where the, the team weren't even having tracksuits or yeah. having proper changing facilities. So uh, he's done a lot in the time he was here. Uh, elsewhere, Man United today confirmed the signing of Aaron Wan Bissaka from Crystal Palace. It's thought to be worth around £50 million uh, who only got his first team debut uh, last year but he's been with the academy there at Crystal Palace since he was 11 uh, elsewhere in the SSE Airtricity First Division Cove Ramblers are up in the Midlands today to go uh, head to head with Longford Town at the City Calling Stadium at half past seven in Gaelic Games uh, interestingly today the GA confirmed next year's All-Ireland Club Finals will go ahead on January 19th rather than March Yeah 17th. we were discussing this and I immediately thought that's quite unfair in the players and now are going to have to sacrifice their entire Christmas uh, preparing mm. for the semi-finals which run like the 4th or 5th of January. Uh, yeah, um, like it's they've said it's to condense the calendar 
and to allow players play in the National League with their county. Um, but if you look at just to condense the calendar, why aren't you just bringing it forward to December mm. or bringing it back? Like the fourth and fifth of January is, like you said, get it out of the way in December because uh, there's big enough gaps there anyway, and leave, leave the players have the Christmas period at least. You know, um, I, I'm not it's a strange one um, to go th- those dates, but anyway, uh, it's a move forward anyway. Yeah, look, you can you can you can see the logic behind it, but I'm just looking at a, a player viewpoint um, and that like um, Christmas is just going to be focused by those semi-finals coming up and. Um, it doesn't really change a whole pile because there, with the finals in March anyway, the semi-finals are usually January or late January, early February. I know, but like three days after. Like, New no, what what I mean is that why the the change because they would have had time anyway for the end of January for a semi-final before. Now they're they're going straight in after New right. Year's. Um, I, d- I don't know, it, it defeats the purpose. I know, um, when I, if Christmas for me, I'm just putting on weight after weight after weight and <laughs> eating up. every single last rose or quality street or whatever it is that's lying around the house and having turkey sandwiches morning, noon and night in between your three dinners that you're having every day. Mm. Maybe that's just me, but then again, I'm not an elite level athlete anymore <laughs> or ever. Have been. Uh, you were there for a short period. Three seconds in. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know why they haven't brought it to December. To be honest, um, I think it defeats the purpose of trying to condense the calendar. But anyway, they've done that. Uh, they've also circulated two plans for a second tier football championship. Interest. Yeah, uh, one straight knockout and the other is a double knockout with a losers round. Both would feature division three and four teams who've not reached provincial finals. So Cork could find themselves very easily mm. in this. Um, there's a special. Um, Congress in Parky Cueve on October 19th I think in, in October anyway and this is going to be discussed at that uh, approved or uh, overruled um, it'll be interesting to see how it works a lot of uh, I think there's been more growth for it over the past year or so for the second yeah. tier but there's still counties like Offaly are really adamantly against it but Offaly aren't going to win all Ireland like yeah. the way it is Take you know, go for it this way. They they've put in incentives that the finals will all be played in Crow Park. If there's a second tier, uh, you'll get the same TV coverage, marketing coverage, all that. It's all going to be a level playing field, other than the competition you're going to be playing against. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see. Uh, it's been circulated to all the counties anyway, so um, we'll see what way the counties vote on that one but uh, yeah interesting times and that because Cork could find themselves very easily in that <laughs> yeah I didn't want to say that out loud Kieran. Well, we, you have to be realistic while well, Cork got to the final you know this year and, and last I suppose uh, Tipper there uh, Limerick are well Limerick are hit and miss I guess mm. uh, Clare are a decent side as well you know there's there is a possibility um it could be yeah. carried. I don't make it, but anyway, Corker in Division Three. That's uh, my that's, point. Yeah. You so anyway, um, elsewhere, um, uh, it's a busy evening actually. With third round of the football qualifiers taking place, Mayo they're continuing their quest to make this year's Super Eights as they welcome uh, Armat McHale Park. Elsewhere, there's uh, it was a pretty one-sided game at the start, but uh, it appears to have changed some. bit Tyrone taking on Kildare. 
at the moment um, in Newbridge. The latest score from that is Kildare one seven, Tyrone one thirteen. There's seven minutes into the second half there, but um, it was very much one way traffic there for quite a while in favour of Tyrone. But Kildare is slightly coming back into it. Uh, elsewhere, Midlands Derby and Portleash Leash entertaining awfully that one uh, just getting underway as well, and uh, Westmeath and Clare also having uh, just got underway. In the Celtic Challenge, North Cork were in the Division 1 Michael Hogan All-Ireland final say against Galway. Uh, disappointing. Uh, it was fairly close at half-time, but it finished Galway 4-22, North Cork 2 goals and 10. Galway just absolutely ran ragged in the uh, second half of that one. Locally in the Red FM Division 1 league, uh, the Bars took on Napiersig today, and it was Napiersig who had a one-point win, one eighteen to one seventeen. I think that brings Napiersig up... Uh, to the top of the table now at the moment mm-hmm. I think as well uh, a point obviously worth five points on the table uh, Killa and uh, Newtown just uh, throwing in now Ballyhay hosting Ballymartle at 7 and Douglas and Middleton clashing at 7.30 uh, in Camogie Cork taking on Galway in the Intermediate All-Ireland Championship the latest we had from that was Galway 1-5 Cork 6 points uh, second half just getting underway there now uh, around now uh, elsewhere in the Senior Camogie Championship Group 2 Tipperary have beaten Waterford and Nolan Park 4-11 to 2-12 uh, two games taking place in Group 1 Kilkenny were leading awfully by 2-7 to 1-3 and Wexford are level against uh, Limerick in the other match which is pretty good considering everything that happened with Wexford mm. earlier on this year when they couldn't field teams yeah. um, and Limerick a decent side as well so uh, good that uh, well they're level against a strong side there anyway. but um, elsewhere then in Formula 1 Lewis Hamilton he'll start second for tomorrow's uh, Formula 1 Austrian Grand Prix Ferrari's uh, Charles Leclerc took pole position ahead of the Mercedes driver earlier on today yeah best look to Stuart Ashton as well taking charge of uh, Co Ramblers for the first time tonight since the departure of Stephen Henderson two weeks ago as they go to your beloved Longford town this evening um, so uh, hopefully um Stewie gets off to a flying start tonight and Ramblers uh, start winning matches or keep winning matches after tonight they, they, they won uh, in Hendo's last game a couple of weeks back Hendo has since been appointed head of youth development at Shelburne which is a massive coup mm. for Shells uh, no better man for the job we wish uh, Stephen all the very best uh, for that one um, we are going to start though I think well, if I have to I suppose with um, Cork City's defeat to Derry City last night, which was one of the most deflating things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Um, a hat-trick from Junior Ogede Uzukewe and uh, a goal from David Parkhouse. He scored the opener, saw the candy stripes, uh, leave it all three points. Graham Cummins getting a late consolation, what looks like it's going to be his final appearance in a Cork City shirt. I'll discuss it in a bit uh, with Kieran first. The reaction of a very disappointed, a very angry Cork City interim boss, John Cotter. John, uh, what went wrong tonight? Um a lot of things to be honest um, first and foremost um, there was no hunger no drive and no passion what this, this club has been built on over the years and and that's not just the last five, six years since I've been here that's since I've been coming here as a supporter when I was a kid the club was built in it and it's been lacking to be honest and that's the worrying thing that's that's not good enough from, from anyone to be honest and that's something we demand from them every day and um, something like that you have to provide that from within as well that's a a personal thing as well and um, look we've explained that to the players and told them how I've speak, told them how I feel about that and uh, people need to take a look at themselves and pick themselves up again How did they react to that? What's the reaction like to the defeat? Well obviously as you can imagine the dressing room was quiet but um, look I don't think anyone could could ever try and disagree with that so um 
That's just the reality of it, and sometimes if you hold truth, you have to be told. That's what's way forward now. Do you drop the underperforming players, or what's, how do you work it? Um, but look, first and foremost, as I said earlier, you need that. You need that drive. You need that hunger. You have to have that. No matter. That's what the top players have. And look, it was great a few years ago. Here we were winning trophies, and and it was great when we had that. And mm. but it's now in times of this, you want to you want to show how much you care, how much it means to you, and. Um, pick that up and, and show that's when you should properly show the hunger and the passion you have for the club and I think the club and the supporters deserve that and the city as a whole and it's just been lucky at the minute It's going to be hard to find that when you've got a game on Monday Yeah but I said that's what good players do and that's what look that's what people who 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 care do look I know I'll go in and go and go, go watch the game tonight when I go home I have to do that and that's what we'll do as staff we'll, we'll do that and look we'll demand from the players again from Sunday morning when we train before we go and um, as I said I always say we've no time to feel sorry for ourselves you need to pick yourself up Monday and go up to a hard place and if we don't that's a place you have to show that hunger and that passion because Finn Harps demand that as well and, and you have to match that and outdo them that way and we just have to pick a team that we think will do that Because you start to look at tonight but when the first goal went then you could see the heads drop Absolutely look as I said look it's pointless me sitting here and denying that to be honest because people would know I'm hiding behind that and I wouldn't do that I'd as I always said, I would be an honest and straight fella that way, and um, that's exactly what happened. As soon as they went ahead, it was just gone. And to be fair to Derry, they probably could have been four or five up at half time, to be honest, and it wouldn't have flattered them in that last 20, 25 minutes of that half. And um, we just need to pick ourselves up and and start getting back to what we were good at. And as I said, that comes from. That's a that's a hunger and a passion thing, and that's from within. And for supporters, John, like what you said to them, I mean, like, it's obviously very disappointing for them too. Oh, absolutely! Look, it's the point. This point for it. Look, we're all, like I was a supporter too, and I can remember coming here in the bad days as well. And um, look, these supporters deserve better, and the players have been told that. I told the players that, that the player, the supporters, and the club, and as I said earlier, the city deserve better than that, and um, we demand better than that, and uh, that's something that needs to be changed look the window's open on Monday and look everything's everything's open that way so um, look let's, we'll see what happens over that period of time as well look hunger is the thing that look it comes from within to be honest I would think I think you have to you should be self driven to be honest I don't think you, you should need anyone to motivate you I know I, I don't need anyone to motivate me to get up and do my job and never did and I just hope these players realise how lucky they are to be playing for a club like this playing for one of the biggest clubs in the country with the best support in the country and players need to realise the club they're playing for that you need to have that and um, that's not just the players that have been signed that's the players who've been here for a long time and have won a lot of things in this club and um, players need to realise what it takes to play for this club and they need to learn fast and um, that's what we'll be demanding and look we have a lot of fellas who are sitting on the bench or sitting in the stand who, who have every right to come into me now and say why shouldn't I be playing and everyone has a point and a We'll have a fair crack at it too. It's never nice to have a performance of that at home. And um, look, the support has been has been brilliant over the years, and that's not just last. That's over the history of the club. And as I said earlier, they're the best supporters in the country, and it's the, in my eyes, the biggest club in the country. And you have to have that. You have to realise what what club you're playing for as well. And these players need to realise that, and um, and we all need to realise that, and keep working hard and trying and doing the right things. And as I said, first and foremost, that comes down to hunger and passion because if you don't have that, you've you've no chance. Yeah, look, the European Games weeks away. I said that to the players last week. We came back in Sunday, 
I said, don't don't even talk about it. Um, if people have their eyes on that, they won't be playing in it. That's as simple as that. If if people don't put it, if I get the finger out in the way, they won't be playing in that. So it's Monday night's your biggest game, absolutely. And we all realise that. And look, that's that's where we're at. The European game is weeks away. And we have two league games coming up this week that we have to win. And we need to pick a team that will try and dig out those wins for us. Graham scored tonight. The consolation goal is that his last game. Um, look, there's obviously been speculation over the last week, two weeks, really. Um, there is interest in him, obviously, from a few clubs. Um, there's nothing signed or sealed with any club yet. Obviously, the window doesn't officially open till Monday. So, look, I'm not going to mention club or whatever, but there is interest and there is talks going on. And look, there might be developments in that over a few days, and um, we'll see what happens that way. What do you say at half time, John? Um, what you say, like you say what you feel, and I, I said what I felt at the time, and I think the players had to hear that. And it's pointless coming in saying we could do this better or that better. Like they need to know what we demand from them, and we we speak speak that to them every day. And um, where they told a few home truths, absolutely, because I think they deserve to hear them, and they had to hear them, and. Um, so we'll be looking for a response and as I said that's where that's where big players who who first and foremost have passion and care about the club and cares what happens that's when you need to stand up and it's that's the that's the worrying thing at the minute so um, that's where we need to get back at and, and that comes Monday now again and Dara will miss Monday now after the red card the first one was was a clear booking was the second one a bit harsh Um look I'm not too sure to be honest we don't condone anyone getting sent off for any reason I know he puts himself down on the floor gets up fairly quickly but look I, I still I'm not going to stand here and defend it or, or whatever to be honest because I don't think as I said over the years we've never condoned people getting sent off we can't afford people getting sent off for any reason we're, we're down tonight we're down to the bare bones as it is yeah. come Monday he's missing is that any good to us now no so um, whether it was right or wrong it's still no good to us now or it's no good to us over the weekend and are any of the lads out injured tonight like to be back for Monday um, hopefully hopefully maybe Carl Shepherd might but like whether he's ready to go straight into the team I don't know that's a it's a medical thing as well that so um, that will be assessed tomorrow and look maybe we're in a position we have to do that so look we'll, we'll assess that over a few days now and if we feel we have to do that we'll, we'll speak to Carl himself obviously and, and speak to the medical staff and see where that's at and um, and take it from there really to be honest You can hear John Collar's anger there after the game um, last night as uh, Cork City lost out to Derry City by four goals to one um, in what was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from a Cork City team <sighs> Why was Why was it? I said it uh, like, Was it the break? Um, it started okay like they're massively low in confidence um, they just need just uh, a good fashioned like 90th minute winner to get them like buzzing again and, um, John kind of alluded to it there that the players weren't stepping up um, uh. that they that they had a responsibility to take the game by the scruff of the neck and they didn't um, and that they have to look at themselves um, he really kind of put the pressure back on his players um, because um, no manager obviously sets their team up to go and lose 4-1 at home um, Cork City went to goal down after like 20 odd minutes after starting okay after mm. 12 minutes I should say to David Paracos 
and um, heads just completely dropped. Confidence that any bit of confidence they had just evaporated. Um, junior then for Jerry City. Um, it, it, it was interesting. It went from um, Gray, Garold Morrissey having a shot on the edge of the box. He turned, shot left footed. Peter Cherry pulled off a terrific save down away to his right. Um, that would have made it one all. Um, great save. It went from that to Cork City being 3-0 down in the space of four minutes. Um, so from potentially going from one all, it went down to, to 3-0 and the game was over. And they were never getting back into that game. Um, just There's a lot of players not performing for Cork City. Um, you could see that last night. Um, looks like they're going to lose Graham Cummins now as well. Um, I'd imagine that's possibly to, to free up a way to bring um, another player or players into the club in the... the the uh, the transfer window which opens on Monday, um, but uh, it was just disheartening, absolutely disheartening. Probably, probably the worst performance I've seen as a Cork City fan in many 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 years. Yeah, but like the, the, there's talks of maybe someone coming in, but you're after losing Tilly, loan deals gone or finished, um, comments could be going. Who's even? You, if you think about it from a, a player's point of view you look at how the team are playing where they are on the table where they're after falling from in such a short space of time yeah. why, why it's not um, so why would you want to come only of European football as well. well you do have European football I yeah, guess yeah um, the 11th, that's going to be against Progress Niedercorner Cardiff Metropolitan University um, Niedercorner are big favourites going to that game but they only beat um, the Welsh side 1-0 mm. at home so it'll be very very interesting to see the second leg um, next Thursday night as well I'm going to have to sit down and watch that one I think uh, the first leg was streamed on Facebook somewhere so hopefully the second one will be as well Yeah. Um, but yeah look um, other than the European football it, it, it doesn't look very um, I don't know what the, the word is for, for a player who might come in like you know um, an experienced player maybe that's what they need but yeah so. look um it's John Cotter is a very tough job. Um, came in confidence at an all-time low after John Cotter was sacked. Uh, he's trying to change things around a little bit. But as he's alluding to there himself, the players aren't performing for him. Um, it's made a tough job even tougher. I'd imagine a lot of players are looking at themselves last night and, uh, and their performance. Losing Daryl O'Connor to a red card as well didn't help uh, in the second half. I think it was about 35 minutes on the clock and he got sent off for a second yellow card. Thought the second one might have been harsh. Um, I'm sure when they're sending off uh, mascots these days. <laughs> yeah, what happened there? Just briefly tell us not just to... Like yeah, Finn Harp's uh, mascot was... They were playing Slugger Rovers last night. Uh, Finn Harp's mascot was um, diving in behind the goals pretending to save shots um, and uh, he was sent off. It didn't make any difference because Sligo won the game. But um, Have you ever had to uh, send... Or Finn Harp's won the game to know. Um, have you ever had to send sorry, off yeah. mascot? Uh, no, no. Uh, Don't get much I, mascots or many mascots in GA, do you? No, there, there wouldn't be. It's not really a done thing. Um, Why not? I don't know. What would a cork mascot be? Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Actually, what would a cork mascot be? I, I the, the only time I ever remember any. Actually, do you know what? There isn't there a costume outside there? You just see it through the window. There's there. a bear costume or something. You could probably throw that. On, I think Jay. Maybe. I think Jay wears that in the morning when he's presenting the <laughs> breakfast does. show with uh, Range every Saturday morning. From um, but uh, years and years and years ago, when I was uh, supporting Longford Town, only a small fellow, we were behind the goals, and we were we were probably shouting. 
at the Dundalk here, but trying to put him off. Well deserved. Uh, it was deserved. And anyway, he uh, walked around the goals, came over to us and pushed one of the lads off the, the wall. <laughs> outstanding. Pushed him back. And referee came over and sent him off. No, outstanding. Proper it was order. outstanding. Um, but we got a we were Well, you're, you're young fellas, you don't expect the goalkeeper to come on, uh, or come on over and do that. But anyway, no, I've never had to send off a mascot. But he was sent off last night. And a councillor in Dublin has been tweeting mm-hmm. as well about that. He was sent off for Sporting Fingal in his first game as a mascot um, for copying the linesman, running along the lines. So, uh, yeah, but anyway. Uh, Full time that Cork Intermediate uh, Camogie game as well. Uh, they've lost out to Galway 111 to 18. Uh, Bernard Hearn, who's been tweeting us um, the score, says that uh, there's only three minutes of injury time played. There should have been at least five and a half minutes as Galway seemed to pick up tremendous injuries in the last 10 minutes. And this is while Cork were piling on pressure. So maybe Cork have uh, a little bit of a right to feel aggrieved after that, but just defeat for Cork. Um, just getting back onto Cork City. Um, they go to Finn Harps on Monday, the longest trip in the League yeah. of Ireland from Ballybuffet to Cork. Um, as I alluded to, or as I said to John, I mean, like, if he's saying it's a player behaviour and attitude issue, how do you rectify that in two days? Going up to the recovery today, train tomorrow before they get on the bus up to Finn Harps, how do you get that out of the system? I mean, like, is it a case that he's going to have to drop a number of players on Monday and start playing? Um, the, the kids for want for a better word give them some experience ahead of the next campaign um, is you just have to drop some players to kind of give them a, a kick up the kick up the, the behind that they, they, they perhaps need well the, the flip side of that is isn't the transfer market coming open uh, in the next few days Cork City well, have no money Cork City don't but if players get you know oh well if he's going to drop me for that then you know I'm out of here whatever based on the current form not many clubs be taken so possibly yeah very possibly but I, and like you can't say look great it's Finn Harps uh, this is where we'll we'll turn it around because they drew the last time I think mm. um, when people were expecting City to win it was a one all was it one all draw I think it was mm. Um so I, I don't know off his last game in charge as well it was actually yeah but um, it, it, yeah I don't know. They're not going to be relegated. No, they're not going to get European football either. So, and, and that has a huge effect then on cash flow and everything mm. like that as well. So, I don't know what they'll do. Yeah, they're ten points behind Derry City now in fourth after uh, last night's results, and uh, we'll be uh, going over to the press conference tomorrow. Um, so, we'll have more on it. We'll hear from uh, John Cotter and see how the players have reacted to his tongue lashing. But yeah, a hugely disappointing night. Um, do you think, and I don't mean to be disrespectful towards John Cotter at all by this, but do you think the players respect him enough because he's the interim boss as opposed to the boss? Yeah, I thought it crossed my mind, all right. Um, I think John um, has had tremendous success with Avondale in the past and yeah. he's uh, had a great reputation as John's assistant that he deserves the respect. He, uh, he's, uh, you could hear how angry he was mm. in, in that interview and if he yeah. feels like he's not getting the respect he thinks he deserves then he won't be long shipping players out and telling them they're not playing. Um, so I wouldn't if I were a player I wouldn't be messing with John Cotter because we've only seen the the, the kind of light breezy side of him as assistant manager and as interim manager over the last couple of years but yeah. I'd imagine like because he's a manager he has to be ruthless and I'd imagine he has that streak in him like all good managers do so I wouldn't if I were a player I wouldn't have that attitude um, so yeah, yeah, look, he, he does have the best interest of the club at heart. He does. He does, of course. It'll be interesting to see what changes he makes, if any, for for Monday, and if Cork City can turn around and get a result. Because if they lose on Monday, it's it's um, you're approaching maybe crisis territory. Yeah. 
Um, so look, it'll be interesting to see. But look, we'll talk to them tomorrow. Um, at uh, we're going to their their pretty much press conference tomorrow afternoon. We'll have all that on tomorrow evening's show. Half time at the Women's World Cup as well. Um, Germany won, Sweden won. So it stands. The winners there will go on to face Netherlands after their two 0 win over Italy. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from this man. Great campaign so far. Yeah, irrespective of what anybody thinks of how we played, how we've done it, it's, it's the results that count. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Uh, we're going to move on now and we're going to hear from uh, Republic of Ireland boss McCarthy was in Cork yesterday for the Ian Rush Foundation Golf Classic at Foda Island. Kieran caught up with him to talk about the Irish team as accidental fame on YouTube and first about the reasons he was here in Cork. Mick, uh, great to have you here down in Foda. You're here for a special cause firstly, I suppose, Ian Rush's um, Golf Classic his foundation as well. Obviously a very important cause as well. Yes, uh, I was over in Dublin for a management meeting but I'd been asked to play in this oh, some weeks ago so it all fitted in. managed to play the old head yesterday and I got the head blew off me but it was, it's the most wonderful place and then we're playing at four today for, for Rushy so yeah, for worthy causes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier on you were talking to Cove underage players, you love a bit of golf, um, what's your handicap? Uh, yeah, I love the golf, I'm 12 Okay. Um, on a good day <laughs> it okay. just depends like everybody else I think at golf okay. um, you were talking to the Cove underage squad as well today um, one of the teams there how important is it to I suppose entrust some wisdom on, on the young players coming up oh, I didn't I didn't come in to give them any wisdom to be quite honest I was asked to meet them and have a chat with them and well, you watched it, you know, see if anybody's got any questions. It's very difficult, it doesn't matter what group they're in, whether they're from 8 to 38, they're all the same. So they get a little bit more confidence as they go along, but it was good fun, I enjoyed it with them. And some of the questions, when I finally managed to prize a question out of them, uh, you just chat about, you know, asking me about certain aspects of football, substitutes and players and why I pick them or what have you, and... and, I, and I can also elaborate on the questions to just generally how I think my team should play and behave and how we go on. Yeah. Um, you're obviously a very busy man when you're not uh, talking to underage teams and that, uh, and not playing golf, you're managing the, the national squad. Um, good campaign so far, happy with it? Great campaign so yeah. far. Yeah, irrespective of what anybody thinks of how we played, how we've done it, yeah. it's, it's the results that count. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, the Gibraltar games were the two hardest games, probably emotionally, I mean, to play in those when you know you've yeah. got to beat them. Uh, and But for a Darren Randolph saving the first one and then Jeff Hendricks' goal, it could have been embarrassing. They won at home, we had something like 40-odd 40, 40 shot, shots and 30-odd crosses and yeah. we should have scored more, we were just... Get we're wasteful in front of goal, but the other two games, George at home, the lads were great, played really well in Denmark. Good performance against a very good team, and a fabulous result with uh, with big Duffer's head in the last 15 minutes. So yeah, 10 points. My idea was 10 points out of those, uh, and we got them, of course. Um, and it, it's listen, <laughs> it's a great start. The lads have been brilliant. I love them. Great, great, great tally of points. 
Um, very happy so far, obviously. Um, that game in Gibraltar, there, there was so much to talk about between the, the lights, the, the pitch surface. Um, obviously, you don't want to be disrespectful, but you kind of know in the back of your head you're probably going to beat them. Um, and then you've planes taking off in the background at all. Like, how would you prepare for all those things? Uh, it's very difficult to prepare for all those things because nobody's ever come across it before, and I certainly haven't. Um, and all those things do have an effect. And then you have to look at their team. But then there's not too many mugs in European Championship football now where we're at at the top level. And they had some decent players. And they, they were all good athletes. They were well organised. They were disciplined. They, they, they blocked their half off to make it hard for you to create chances. And preparing for it was as much as that. And, and making sure that we had the right attitude towards it which we did um, and just make sure we win I mean and the one thing about football is from throwing corner kicks and, and uh, free kicks from restarts anybody can score and the guy got a great head on it and Darren made the save and we scored immediately afterwards almost immediately afterwards it's just the matter of getting results and going out and playing well and not winning is no use to me but it was tough it was uh, Everything was in their favour. Whatever they did, they were going to be lauded for what they did, unless we beat them 10. Any other result was always going to be scrutinised. But if you know anything about me, I'm not bothered about that. Yeah. Win the game, and then we'll talk about it. Come off and draw the game, I would have lost the game, it would have been just appalling. Yeah. There's, since you've taken over, there's been so much positivity uh, around um, around the squad, a lot of, of the performances as well. Before the whole situation came up where you took over, uh, fans were disappointed. Were you watching it from afar and thinking, you know, I'd love another crack at that, or they could be doing this? Not disrespecting the last management or anything, but were, were you looking at it from afar? No, I wasn't. No, I was in work for pretty much most of the time, uh, up until the April of that year. And, uh, of course, I was watching the game, yeah. because I do, because I'm an Irish fan. Uh, I, want them to, I want them to win. But no, and, and of course, it was a bit of a surprise when it did come up, the way it came up, because it looked like they were going to stay on for an, another term. Uh, and I was out of work, which is one of those perfect storms I guess it just worked for me that I was I was out to work at the right time because the other times when the jobs come up I've been I've been working yeah. you're obviously loving the, the job at the moment what do you love most about it the games okay. I love the games I love the, the interaction with the lads I only met I met, met, only met most of them for the first time in March I met them for five days before we played and, and I didn't make anything of that but we, that's, that's what we had to prepare before we played a game and then we played the second game in four days, three, four days' time. But they're a great bunch of lads. I love being on the pitch with them, I love being around them, there's great crack with them, great uh, fun, great banter, uh, the coaching of them, managing of them. So I love the, I love the games. I, uh, you know, the Aviva Stadium, I mean, I had great times at Lansdowne Road, but we're getting the Aviva back to a, a, a bit of a fortress, hopefully, and uh, we can get a good result against Switzerland. But it's the games I love more than anything. Um, huge game as you mentioned there against Switzerland next um, very important as well for a lot of reasons obviously looking forward to it as well for only one reason qualification for the Euro 2020 that's the only reason 
Um, uh, there's been lots of talk of different players, whether they're going to, to play for Ireland or not, and you've brought in players. Um, like a lot of fans are happy with that in that it's kind of not so much an open door but that you're, you're willing to bring in new players and you're not stuck on the, the same players I know people might have talk, talked about Matt before not playing but you've, you've explained it perfectly there to the, the Cove lads and the, the specific reason and position and all that um, but is that just something you want to continue for the, the next while the, not so much the open door policy but keeping a lookout for players that will be good enough to play for the squad well, the open door policy, if they qualify for Ireland, then they're entitled to play for Ireland. That should be the open door yeah. policy, that's what it is. But any of the ones I've been contacting, they're going to have to contact me now. Yeah. If they want to play, they're going to have to come and ring my number or knock on my door or get hold of it somehow and tell me that they want a, they want a chance to play and I'll go and watch them. Uh, I did my research when I got in and I got everybody... Uh, told me who did qualify, potentially qualified. Yeah. I contacted those players, and I'm sure there's still some more that I don't know about. But if those lads want to play, then they've got my number, and they're going to have to ring me now. Is it frustrating? You see all the things in the, in the media about players humming and hawing, whether they're going to, and this player is going to, and all that. Is it, is it a bit frustrating for you seeing that? Uh, no, I tell you what's frustrating when people talk about it is people who interview me for journalists, okay. or people that, they want to talk about the ones who are not here, or the yeah. ones who are not in the team, or the ones who are being left out of the squad, not the ones who are in the squad. So, my view always is if they, do, if they don't want to play, mm-hmm. so don't play. And because I love the lads, I love the bones of the lads who are with us. Yeah. They're a great squad, uh, and I, 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 I put all my energy into them, and not the ones who are on the. I've asked them. I've done my job in terms of that. I've done my scouting. Yeah. On the ones who are on the periphery, either they want to play for us now or they don't. Yeah. If they don't want to play for us. So be it, and we'll, we'll concentrate on the yeah. lads who do. There's a great morale in the, the squad as well. Uh, obviously, Robbie has brought his his bit in uh, TC as well. Um, it, it seems from the outside, it's fantastic morale there. There is fantastic morale. Andy Little as well, and, and Alan Kelly. <laughs> the staff have a big part to play in that, and, uh, and certainly the coaches. I mean, the fitness coach, Andy Little, is great. He has them for the first half an hour, and that's a big part of the day because we all hate getting warmed up. So that's got to be interesting, that's got to be entertaining, that's got to be right for, for the job and get you going. TC is a fabulous coach. Robbie, he's, he's got an eye and an ear for the lads. He's much younger in and around them, but he's a good coach. He's did two or three sessions with us, and I've been really impressed with him. And so he's gone on to be the Middlesbrough assistant yeah. now and coach, but he's staying with us, so uh, which I'm delighted with. And all of the lads, Alan Kelly has been around before, He was because he played... I'm sure he did play with me. I think maybe he did play for, play for me. Uh, he's he's the, the, the whole group of them, a, a great group of lads, and get on well with the players. Uh, and it's at the moment, yeah, it's a there's a good spirit amongst us. Next few months, obviously, very critical. The Switzerland game. Uh, looking forward to it all, um, and all's good uh, at the moment in the camp. I'm looking forward to the game. It'll be a big game. I think there'll be a big crowd there because there's a fair bit of interest in the team. That now, well, we are top of the league. They can't take that away from us. Uh, the lads have played well. And I think the, the focus of the lads was great over the last two games especially. Because mm-hmm. playing the, the Gibraltar game at home when they'd all got flights booked for the following morning, I think, to all different exotic destinations. They were ready for the end of the season. Uh, but me knowing it as a footballer, you have your three, four weeks off, you're ready to get back training. 
some of them might be lucky to get four weeks off. And when they get back training, you know, like Conor Horan, I congratulated him and said, well done, enjoy your break. He said, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm ready for, I'm ready to come back for the season because he's in the Premier League. He's buzzing already to come back. So, and we'll have a few of them. We'll have all the lads at Sheffield United who are buzzing, Premier League. We've got the Villa lads coming back, Premier League. Uh, it'll be exciting next season. So, if we get a good start against Switzerland, we'll be great. Uh, I'll leave you going this one um, I've always wanted to ask you I haven't seen you answer it I don't know, maybe for purpose um, what do you think of the fame you got off the back of Careless Whisper and that short video that went viral <laughs> a fame I got I mean I get people asking me uh, well there's a few of them isn't there? there's one where I duck I'm apparently scared of nothing and I can only think that that one uh, Wolves if you're walking past the dugout, just as the referee blows his whistle for the game, they all kick the balls at the dugout. And I can only think that somebody shouted gaffer and I've ducked out of the way of it. So that was one. Careless whisper, I was sat on the stool and I'm sure I had... Uh, that's when they came really close to me, the camera. This is a drive me mad with the camera. They come right up to me, so... I gave him the uh, loving look. <laughs> it was either that or tell him what to do. Let me tell <laughs> that is fantastic. That is the Ireland boss, McCarthy. Um, explaining for... I've never heard him explain that, um, um, about that look he gave to the camera. Yeah, on purpose. Um, on purpose, as it turns out. That was brilliant. <laughs> it was. I had to ask him. I had to. Didn't know how it was going to go down, um, but uh, I'm glad I asked him, and he took it in good spirit as well. Anyway. But, um, Seemed like a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very nice, very approachable. Spent, uh, he was only supposed to, he was with the, the Cove Ramblers, I, I don't know, the under-15s yesterday, um, uh, down in Foda, but he was only supposed to be with them for about 10-15 minutes he was with them for about 45 minutes mm. I'd say just chatting with them answering questions going through a lot of uh, a lot of uh, other stuff um, he was brilliant actually in fairness very approachable kind of guy he spent another 10-15 minutes taking pictures um, and at one point they wanted us to go into a certain area in the hotel but there was yeah. uh, was knives and stuff in the background um, and he was like, oh, we can't do it in here. It's a bit too loud. We can't have that on radio. All this. So it was a very nice guy, actually. And all was uh, thinking of other people like that. Very interesting here's <laughs> comments um, talking about um, players who aren't playing with Ireland. Yeah, it didn't seem to... It, it wasn't like that he was annoyed. He was like, I'd rather focus on the players yeah. that I have. Um, Which is... Yeah. It's fair enough. I suppose there's been lots of talk lately about players who... If they're not too bothered and stuff. You see it in the paper, but it's. I, I think I saw one of them. He didn't know about it. It was just through the papers. He was, you know, this was all going mm. on. Um, and it, it has to be incredibly frustrating. But like he said, Saddam. Um, yeah. He's not too bothered. Would rather concern the players he has, um, uh, which was very evident in, in that end when he was talking to the the, the Cove lads as well. So um, yeah, he doesn't really. Doesn't really care for anyone who doesn't want to. Uh, I, had, I did edit out the question where um, he basically did say that I have no chance of making the squad. Um, that's that's unfortunate. Any, any particular reason? Um, no particular reason. Just no. <laughs> he didn't need. He didn't need me. So, uh, oh well. Ah well. Ah well. Ah, <laughs> next well. time. It's always next time. <laughs> Maybe when Stephen Kenny takes over in two years' time, he might give it a call. Yeah, I did, You know. 
You could, you could talk about your Longford Town connection because you never mentioned that. Well, you see, that's the other thing. Or I could also say that I, I, I could have told Mick that I did stay in his hall or in the house beside his hall, the house in Ormore a number of years ago, but oh, I wouldn't, I, I didn't think of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't want to talk to him about the Stephen Kennedy. I'm sure he's it's he's been plagued about that already yeah. uh, numerous times and it is what it is. He, he gets a little bit annoyed by it. I Understandably. Would too. Like, yeah, it's it's a strange situation um, when he knows he's going to be out of work again mm. uh, in a couple of months or whatever it is. Uh, so, well, we didn't we didn't talk about that, but um, yeah, no, he's a very nice, approachable guy uh, and was very open with talking about anything else really. There, um, he was obviously playing in the Ian Rush uh, Charity Golf Classic yesterday. Any idea who won it? Uh, I actually don't. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't find anything on it. Um, the only thing I saw was a picture of uh, Ian Rush chipping onto the ninth green. He um, seems to love his golf, though. He does. Um, and there was a picture of Mick McCarthy in the Echo today, um, right. putting on the sixth as well. Um, so yeah, look, it, it was uh, by all intents and purposes a fantastic event yesterday down in Fort Island, and the event on Thursday in Dwyer's of Cork uh, with our very own Conor Sullivan. I'm seeing uh, the Q and A with uh, Ian Rush went very, very well. Apparently, you would have hated it. Me? Yeah, full yeah. of Liverpool supporters and. Um, I did see a couple of clips <laughs> of basically the entire crowd singing the Forge of Van Dyke song. I'd imagine that was just on ad nauseum on, uh, on through the night. But yeah, fantastic it night. Did and, look uh, at you. Raising money from Airmont as well, which is always good. Uh, right, in the Women's World Cup, uh, Sweden have gone 2-1 up on Germany. Germany had gone a goal up, but uh, Sweden now leading 2-1 after uh, an hour. Going to talk Gelly Games, the Cork Hurler Alan Cadigan spoke of Colin Duffy at the launch of Leisureplex's new Summer of Fun Teens and Students package. Colin has been asking Alan about this year's hurling championship. Alan Cadigan, Alan, we're here in Leisureplex uh, today. Um, they've uh, shared your summer campaign students and teens package, I think it is. Uh, you're, you're getting a bit of downtime today and what's been a hectic summer so far? Yeah, a bit of downtime. Um trying to find my way around Dublin isn't the easiest but um, yeah it's great to be here today and um, you know so a um, bit of downtime but uh, looking forward to next weekend now again Next weekend you don't know who you're going to be facing yet have you been keeping a close eye in the Joe McDonough Cup so far Leash and Westmead obviously both Midland teams both good emerging sides as well yeah, definitely. You know, um, hurling has really come along in the last, I suppose, three, four years in Westmead and Leash, you know, so um, uh, they're playing this weekend. So, look, it's hard to kind of prepare for a championship game when you don't know who you're playing. But um, once Sunday's over, I think we'll uh, either be uh, Leash away or Westmead away. So um, we're looking forward just to kind of getting back into it now. And we had a good two weeks of training. So looking forward to next weekend. So near yet so far in terms of a Munster final place is that hanging over the squad at the moment that loss and clear um, being honest about it no um, I suppose our main objective at the start of the year was to finish in the top three and look we've achieved that that was our main objective um, look things didn't go our way against Clare obviously and there was lots of repercussions but obviously it would have been nice to be preparing for a Munster final on Sunday um, but look it is what it is uh, we finished in the top three uh, the way we looked at it after the Clare game was that we, we've qualified, it's our objective, we've achieved that, but it's a new competition now that we're facing for, I think, the next seven or eight weeks, and that's starting next Saturday uh, with either Leash or Westmead. But look, obviously, it is disappointing that you don't get to Munster Final. Uh, they're kind of the days that you're growing up that you'd like to be playing in, and look, we've experienced it over the last two years uh, playing Clare, but look, it's a new route for us, it's a new road for us, uh, and as I said, it's a new competition starting next week, and one that we're uh, looking forward to and embracing. 
that's the main objective for the squad as a whole at the moment but I'm sure for yourself starting the year the main objective was to get game time I mean you've been blighted with injuries and to come back and the summer you've had personally you must be very happy with it since you came on for Conor Lahan six minutes into that Limerick game yeah, I suppose. Um, obviously, look, picked up a few niggles throughout the year, kind of um, hamstring, quad, calf, finger. Um, you know, so I just got a bit of a bit of uh, unlucky streak. But uh, look, thankfully that's behind me. And um, you know, I kind of came on against Limerick after six or seven minutes. And I suppose, look, honest, being honest, about probably something I wasn't expecting. And it just shows that the game of hurling could, you know, could change like that. Uh, and unfortunately for Connor, he had to go off injured. But I suppose we were trying to create an environment and a culture in the group where uh, as one fella plays he gives it his all for whether it's 30 minutes 40 minutes 50 minutes and the next fella comes in so unfortunately for Connor he got injured but um, thankfully for me I, I got my opportunity and things went well and more importantly that uh, we, we got the two points which we badly needed at the time uh, obviously because it was our second game For yourself um, to come into the squad you would have been happy to get a, a couple of minutes of game time maybe in the last 20 minutes or so that day it all changed pretty quickly talk to me about the build up to that game for yourself for Limerick yeah, um, yeah I suppose look I knew myself coming back uh, that I didn't play against Tip because I was struggling with a hamstring injury uh, and I knew myself that look it would have been very difficult to try to get into um, the starting 15 within a week uh, and you know look I had to kind of bite my tongue in a certain extent and so look I have a role to play uh, just like the other 7 or 8 lads or should I say a panel of 30, 31 or 32 um, so again your kind of your mindset kind of changes a small bit when you're a sub but um, like there's huge competition in the group and um, you know it just shows like that we have 3, 4, 5 fellas to come off the bench whenever it's needed and as I said there earlier one fella goes off next fella comes in but uh, look uh, I'm delighted with, with how personally the last three games have went for me um, look, I'm really really enjoying my hurling and you know I feel fit feel strong uh, and looking forward again to playing Westmead or Leash now in a week and huge hunger to get back to that place of playing for Cork as well and you could see it in that game so much so you ended up in the crowd trying to chase the ball at <laughs> yeah. once uh, I think my mother said I went missing for about 10 seconds and her heart stopped and our physio Declan Sullivan and said he, he said what were you thinking after but um, yeah I suppose look that's kind of adrenaline as well and uh, that bit of hunger not playing a competitive game and you'd be gearing up for this game next thing something happens so uh, look I suppose I am very hungry and um, you know but I think more importantly that look, I'm really really enjoying my hurling at the moment obviously look two results went our way two results didn't uh, but for me personally I think it's just about getting out onto the field um, playing with instinct playing with freedom and something that I've been doing over the last uh, number of weeks but uh, it's nice to just kind of get out there and just, just play away it's, that's why we do Talk to me about those days being injured and how hard it is to get back. I'm sure having your own brother involved so close at hand as well kind of helped the motivation to try and get back into that Cork setup. Yeah, look, I think um, if you look at any sport, whether it be rugby, soccer, GA, injuries are, is, is a part of it. You're going to pick up injuries. And look, luckily enough, I have been very lucky since last year, since I had to get my operation. And that was the only injury, that, serious injury that I had. Um, which like you see people come back with cruciate injuries etc but uh, mentally look I have a very good kind of support network around me uh, very very good family, friends um, medical staff with Cork so you know there was, they set out the steps that I needed to get back and look obviously look an injury it is demoralising when you're back and next thing something happens but look it's a part of sport and it's about how do you kind of react 
uh, being uh, reactive rather than proactive uh, in something like that and you have two choices you either feel sorry for yourself or you get on with it and you do the rehab and you come back stronger and look you just have to do it and that's part of life and that's that's the sport we play um, but as I say look that's behind me now and I'm just looking forward uh, to next game It's the losers of the Joe McDonough final that you'll face is that a good or a bad thing that you're coming up against a team that's just been beaten and they'll be hungry and they'll want to crack a cork yeah absolutely I think whether it's Leash, Westmead, Tip, Limerick, uh, Tilkenny, Wexford, it doesn't matter who it is. If a team's coming off the back of a defeat or a loss, uh, like we've seen this year, that there is going to be a backlash. They're not going to be happy with how they performed maybe in the previous game. And they'll be looking to correct the mistakes that, they, that happened in the previous game. So we know ourselves... Besides the opposition, the, t- uh, the team that we'll come up against, we'll give them the respect that they need. But at the same time, we have a job to do. And as I said, um, it will be a tough game because, again, it's going to be away from home. It's either going to be a Mullingar or Port Leash. So, again, it's not easy to travel away from home. Uh, you know, big support for the home team. But, again, that's the challenge that we face. And it's one that it's a journey that we have to take together and as a group and as a management team. Does the team kind of feel drained coming off that round-robin structure, given that it it's a fairly intense couple of weeks as well that it it really is a lot about the panel as well as you mentioned earlier yeah usually I think I saw this week John Kiley Limerick manager was saying people don't realise how physically demanding and draining it is on the players to have four consecutive games um, you know and you look at all the games it was only small margins that tipped the scale so again yeah look um, I suppose from a management point of view that I suppose they're looking at a note totally different to maybe three, four, five years ago where you play your first round game you might have four or five weeks off so again that's why a panel is so so important fellas pick up injuries fellas lose form fellas pick up sicknesses so again um, there's very small margins between all the teams in Munster but also in Leinster so uh, you kind of you kind of have to manage that those four those four games once you've done that then you need to kind of assess it's a new competition like Munster has done now you're into the All-Ireland series and it's, it's do or die now so we know ourselves that um we need to up at another level uh, from the Munster Championship and look we've done that we've trained hard over the last two weeks so we have another week to go um, but definitely yeah so the Munster Championship is packed for us and we're looking forward now to the All-Ireland Series We saw last year with Limerick how being the third team in Munster mightn't affect your All-Ireland chances that's a positive to look at maybe for yourselves Yeah like I said earlier like I suppose you can look at it as a positive and both a negative. From a negative, you might say that Tip and Limerick have a very, very com- uh, competitive game on Sunday. The winners go through to a, straight to an all semi final. The losers then go to a quarter final, which isn't the be all and end all. Um, then, if you look at the opposite side, you have you finish third. You come up against the Joe McDonough team, uh, where uh, where you get maybe three weeks of tough training under your belt uh, since your last your fourth round game in Munster. That maybe the top two teams wouldn't have done because they were kind of preparing and sharpening for the Munster final. So again, look, if you come back to me in a couple of weeks, I'll let you know whether the route was good or not. But uh, look, at the moment, as I said there, uh, our main objective was to finish third, like any team in Munster, and after that, then it's a bonus. It was such a close and competitive championship, really. Like, it, it came down to the wire. And uh, Yeah, that's uh, Colin Duffy talking to Alan Callaghan, running out of time. So we'll play the second part of that interview tomorrow. When we will know Cork's opponents um, in the All-Ireland series, who are Cork's opponents likely to be, Kieran? do you think? 
Um, Lee's going very well under uh, Eddie Brennan. Um, mm. But, uh, do you know, it's a tricky one, actually. They're both as good as each other. Westmead probably been around a lot longer um, at that level, I would say, than, than Leash. Uh, they might be a bit stronger. But uh, Leash playing very, very good hurling this year, putting up big, big scores as well. Eddie Brennan doing very well with them. Um, I'd fancy Leash. I fancy Leash in, in that one. And there, there, it lends itself to a, a possibility because the footballers are going to be playing, I think, the same day as the hurlers. That uh, Now, the draw for the football is happening on Monday morning, but it could be that the footballers go up against uh, Leash in that as well if nice. the draw was kind. So it could be, be a doubleheader be handy for Cork. Yeah, it would be. All right, that's pretty much it from us for tonight. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way this evening. We will be back tomorrow from 6. Our podcast will be online shortly on redextra.ie and wherever you get your podcast from. Stevie's up next uh, with the Black Party. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, folks, and uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow at 6. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Red FM.